Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by AG Chase Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome back to Coast View. Uh, rarely do we have Jeff Duncan in the second half of the show, but because of the conversation we wanted to have with Marie Sanderson from Ocean Springs and the work that she's doing across the nation, we need just a little bit extra time today. But So now let's move, without any further ado, to my friend uh, Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times-Picayune. And, man, there's a lot to talk about today. Anyway, how you doing, my friend? Ricky, I'm doing great, man. There's nothing like uh, a big event a big sporting event in new orleans as you know uh this town does big events better than anybody and you can just feel the electricity in the air with the final four in town this weekend and uh it's been a long time coming we haven't had one in a while because the pandemic so a lot of excitement this week it is man i had a i got a note from uh one of my hotel friends and someone had called them looking for 300 hotel rooms a block at 300 hotel rooms and it was around someone very important that was going to be coming to uh, the game. But it ought to be a star-studded event, don't you think? Yeah, I can't imagine a, a better Final Four. Um, the showcase is really off the charts with Duke Carolina playing for the first time ever in the NCAA tournament. I mean, think about that, Ricky. Uh, the long storied history of that series, they've never played in the NCAA tournament. Not only is it the tournament, they're playing – for a chance to go to the championship game in Mike Krzyzewski's final season as head coach. I mean, 42 years, uh, one of the greatest coaches in sports history. Uh, it, it's going to be epic. And uh, the setting uh, and the stage, uh, I don't think, can get any grander than the Final Four in the Superdome. It's going to be amazing. It is, uh, it's uh, it's really cool. It's cool, cool to see, uh, it, you know, obviously ha- to have a full-fledged Final Four, to see who's in it. And, uh, you know, the whole, as as is normally the case when there's a big a big uh, event like that in New Orleans, we all benefit from it. And the, the just the note uh, from my friend about 300 hotel rooms, this is for one group. Can you imagine the other hotels that are being taken up? People like to, you know, they like to stay here in coastal Mississippi and make the drive over for the game. So, and in some cases they have to because there's not an availability of of hotel rooms. But hey, so uh, you know, there's a lot to talk about. But I, I had the opportunity to listen to the conversation with Jameis Winston uh, in the last couple of days, and it was terrific. I mean, he's he gave a lot of time, long conversation, very disclosing, um, just just deep conversation. And one, one of the things I wanted to note is that when you asked your question specifically, you could tell how much respect he has for you and the way that he answered you. First of all, just sort of there was this familiarity with you and just the way he the way he talked about it. And I wonder if in the back of his mind he knows that you wrote the book on Drew Brees and Sean Payton and that he's hoping that somewhere in the future there's another book about how Jameis Winston took the range of this team and proved to the world that he could be a major league winner in this, uh, in this, in this league. Uh, I wonder if he thinks about stuff like that. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, I did think, I, I agree with you. I thought he was very open and candid in his responses. And that's one of the reasons why people like Jameis Winston so much. I mean, you can see he kind of wears his heart on his sleeve. I thought he, 
walked the line of being humble but also confident perfectly. You know, he wasn't too confident, but you could tell he believes in his ability and really recognizes this opportunity that's in front of him. And that's what I was trying to get at with him is this contract he has is two years, but really, if you look at the way it's structured, Ricky, it's really kind of one year. And I, I know he knows that and his representation knows that. This is it, man. This is a big opportunity for him. If, if he succeeds this year, I think he'll get a long-term deal with the Saints. And, uh, man, it could resurrect his career. This is a very good team. He knows that. That's why he signed here. So there's a lot on the line for him, and I think he feels, uh, you know, uh, privileged to get this opportunity, but also understands it's a it's a big crossroads moment for his career. Listen, I've been I've been reading the news coming out of Cleveland. As I said before, I'm glad it didn't turn out the way it did for them. In other words, I'm glad we didn't get Deshaun Jackson. I, I, I'm I, excuse me, is that Watson? Excuse me. Uh, but I mean, man, they're having to they're having to sell it. They're having to sell it. I mean, there, there's a lot of division in Cleveland now over that selection, and um, that what a what a sideshow when you're trying to build a team. Are you watching that too? Oh well, it was going to happen wherever he signed. Atlanta is getting a lot of a lot of grief, rightfully so, uh, and they didn't even sign Deshaun Watson, and 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 I didn't really. Uh, see much depth or insight into the comments from Gail Benson, and Mickey Loomis and Dennis Allen from down at the NFL owners meetings. I thought they kind of took the easy way out. Uh, you know, they, they, they could have been a little more enlightening on their pursuit of Deshaun Watson. Instead, they tried to kind of sweep it under the rug. Uh, it's not probably going to go away, but I did think that Jameis Winston was, was, uh, you know, honest in how he answered the questions of the fact that, the Saints went for Deshaun Watson uh, instead of him. But I think Mickey Loomis did say one thing that I think was right. Jameis Winston wasn't under contract with the Saints. Unlike Matt Ryan, who was already with the Falcons, Deshaun, I mean, uh, Jameis Winston was a free agent. So he had his right to look and explore all options, and so did the Saints. So it's a little different circumstances here. He was. Uh... It was important to Jameis Winston, and you can expand on this a bit. It was it's really important coming out of that for him not just to have a sense that they have some confidence in him, his abilities, but they but he also wanted to know how they felt about him. You know, I mean, he was he wanted to see the big the big picture of their perceptions of him, and that was super important to him, wasn't it? Yeah, he made it clear. And look, I think he made them put their money where their mouth is. He didn't want to hear lip service about how much they believed in him. He wanted to see it in the contract. And so I think that's what he's getting at. If you remember in the conversation where he said there was a compromise on both sides, I think the saints had to up their ante, their offer to him, which they made initially at the scouting combine in Indianapolis in February. Uh, I think it was, uh, I understand it was a very low offer and somewhat insulting to Jameis Winston. And I think, once he got the leverage a little bit after Deshaun Watson moved to Cleveland, I think he leveraged that into a much better deal. And this deal is much more reflective of a starting quarterback. So I think that's what he was getting at. I want, he wanted to see respect in the form of an offer, of a contractual obligation. And I think the Saints met that. At the same time, they didn't handcuff themselves long term 
to Jameis Winston. They they gave themselves some flexibility in case it doesn't work out after this season. Okay, so the Saints sign and Andy Dalton as well, and uh, and they've really made it very very clear that our Swiss Army knife is going to be a less a Swiss Army knife as it relates to quarterback and more of a tight end role. I think he's going to do well in that role if physically he's recovered from these uh, these tough injuries that he that he's recovering from. But what's your read on all that? Well, you know, I tweeted it the other day. I mean, this has kind of been in the works since last season when they gave Taysom Hill that that contract. Uh, if you look at the way that contract is structured, it's basically comparable to a, a top 10, 15 tight end contract in the league. And so they, they envisioned him eventually becoming a, a tight end. But that doesn't mean, I think people are, are, are reading into this a little too much. He's still going to be playing that kind of utility role. Like, I'll be surprised if they do not go to him in certain situations like short yardage, fourth and inches, third and one, and and use him the way they've been using him because he's so successful in that quarterback running role. He's such a powerful force on the ground that I would be surprised if they do away with that completely. So I think we'll still see him sometimes as a ball carrier. Uh, That that F-back role, Ricky, uh, that they use, that's a tight end role. It's kind of a move tight end. It lines up in the backfield a lot, so I can see them giving him the ball. Uh, so I don't think he's just going to be your traditional tight end. I think he's still going to do a lot of things. Hey, super talented, and, and of course the reports on his rehab so far are all positive. Is that what you're hearing as well? Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about him and Jameis Winston uh, in both their recoveries. And, and usually that's the way you hear it. I mean, very rarely do you hear there's setbacks. But uh, both those guys are pretty dedicated uh, workout guys and committed professionals, so I expected them to be ahead of, of schedule. But I think the Saints can afford to be conservative with both Jameis and Taysom because they've been in this offense now for multiple years. They know it. No reason to rush them out into training camp. I expect them to kind of wade into the season this year and not receive a heavy-duty role in training camp. That's why getting a veteran like Andy Dalton, you got Ian Book there. I think they can they can afford to take most of the reps in training camp. Well, what's what's interesting about what Jameis Winston said in this long media conversation that he had is that he said as a result of his rehab on his knee and because it's ahead of schedule, he has actually used this as an opportunity to get in the best shape of his life. I mean, he really believes that. The other point is that I bet, you know, just you knew how Taysom Hill already was so committed to to working out. Last year, he was more focused on maybe losing a little weight for the quarterback's role. He's changed his approach now that he's in this really definitive role that he's going to be in. I bet he's going to be in the best shape of his life. Hey, when we come back, we're going to continue the conversation. In addition to James Winston having this long media availability, we saw Dennis Allen as well. A very long uh, meeting with the with the media from the from the NFL Owners Association. I watched the whole thing. It was fascinating. He's going to put his fingerprints on everything. We'll see what your take on that is when we come back. This is Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the, and the Times Picayune. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to COSU. With my conversation with Jeff Duncan, we talk every Friday to talk about what's happening, especially with the Saints, because this is such a dynamic offseason. But I want to remind you, if you have not signed up for the NOLA.com Saints newsletter, do it. It's great. Is really good. The newsletter is more than just a tease about what the story. You can actually just read the newsletter and get a sense of what's going on. So go to NOLA.com and sign up for the Saints newsletter. You'll be glad you did. You'll get a lot more uh, focus on uh, what J- Jeff and his team are up to these days. And no one covers the Saints like the team from Times Picayune and NOLA.com. Hey, we went to break. I was talking about the uh, presser as well, the media availability for Den- that Dennis Allen had. I know this it's a typical thing, but he has really determined to communicate to people that he's going to take the best of what was working over the last many, many years so he can keep continuity in the team, but he's going to put his fingerprints on it, and he's determined to do that, isn't he? Yeah, you know, I made me think of Dennis Allen and the succession plan with uh, him and going on from carrying on the tradition and the uh, culture that Sean Payton established there. It made me think of that when we talked to uh, Mike Krzyzewski this week for the Final Four, and he talked about, you know, hanging up his coach's whistle and how they've selected John Shire, his longtime assistant, to take over the program. And Coach K talked about how it was important to maintain stability and for John Shire to put his own stamp on the program and to continue to adapt the way he adapted over the years as head coach. And I can see some of the same principles being applied by Dennis Allen as he takes over the Saints program from uh, Sean Payton, which, you know, he didn't coach 42 years like Coach K, but 16 in, in NFL years is about the same, uh, you know, longevity. It's just very rare. So I thought it was interesting to hear them both. They're very uh, similar uh, approaches to how you take over. And Coach K said, look, when you see a culture that you want to continue on, it makes sense to hire from within and to, to hand the program off to someone that knows that culture. And that's what the Saints have done. And I think Dennis Allen will gradually adapt and put his own stamp on it. Uh, but the foundation is going to stay the same. And why not? It's been very successful uh, under Sean Payton. He's a players coach. You know, when he talked about going out to visit with Michael Thomas, you know, when he talked about uh, with Tyrone uh, Armstead going to Miami, his, you know, his confidence and James Hurst, even, even, uh, even uh, Jameis Winston talked about that, that they look forward to seeing him evolve at, at, at left t- tackle. But, but you know, I, I, man, you got to have a good relationship with your key players. And he said it wasn't you know, specifically about Thomas. He wasn't trying to clear the air on anything. He, he's literally just building a relationship and letting one of the most important players on the team know that they're going to work closely together so they can win together. It's good to see that, isn't it? Yeah, I think it was a really smart move. Uh, look, we've we talked about this. I mean, uh, Malcolm Jenkins is retiring. Teron Armstead's moved to Miami. Uh, a year earlier, you lost uh, Drew Brees. Uh, you know, guys like Emmanuel Sanders have moved on. There was a lot of leadership in this locker room that has left the building. So a guy like Mike Thomas, who's never really been that, he's a leader like in the way he carries himself and the way he plays, but he's never really been an outspoken leader or or even put into that platform. I think that had a lot to do with that meeting is Dennis Allen telling him, hey, we need you. You're you're one of our very best players and we're losing leaders in this locker room. We need you as one of the best players on the team to become a leader. And, And so I think 
I think there was a purpose behind his meeting, but it wasn't clearing the air. I don't know where these people get this stuff, Ricky. I mean, he's going out to meet with him and, and basically to say, look, I don't know you that well. People don't understand. He's the defense coordinator. Those guys live in an alternate universe from the offensive side of the ball. They're never in meetings together except for the team meeting uh, once a week on, on Friday, well, twice a week. On Wednesday when they lay down the groundwork and they're in there for 15 minutes together and then they're in there uh, as they meet as a team right before the game. That's it. So they don't know each other that well. Even though they've been on the same team for six years, they don't really know each other. And so I think this was more of a get-to-know-you session. I can tell that Jameis is excited. Jameis is excited because he's going to get one of the most important possession receivers in the NFL in his arsenal. He did not have that last year, and it no. hurt his numbers. Huge difference. Uh, Michael Thomas, assuming he's going to be healthy, uh, answers that question about the Saints receiving core. That's why I don't think it's as big of a priority. I think the Saints still want to add to it. So I think they'll draft a receiver, maybe add another free agent receiver. But I don't think it's the big priority that, that Saints fans think because they got Mike Thomas. I mean, he's your wide receiver one. Uh, and they like, they re-signed Traquan Smith. They like Deontay Hardy. So I think one more receiver, whether it's a veteran or a free agent or, or a rookie, uh, will address that situation. Uh, I think the Saints will be fine. Hey, we're about out of time. Latest on the Pelicans. Well, a big win against the Lakers this week really put them in the driver's seat. They got a huge West Coast trip this week. They have a rematch with the Lakers. That'll be interesting. But I think they're back in the driver's seat to get that number nine or number 10 play-in spot. Uh, so good things with the Pelicans right now. And Zion? Well, he's with them on the trip. He's not playing, but it's a good sign that he's with them. There's still work to do there off the court to try and get him back in the fold, I think, uh, you know, with this team. There's, there's still some work to do there. Well, let's hope that they can f figure that out because they've really done a great job of building a team that is that is high energy, that's uh, that's shooting the ball well. I watched the game with uh, with with the Lakers, and it was great to see them. Man, they were down for most of that game, and then twenty three points, twenty three points. I know, and then came back with a vengeance. It was it was quite quite interesting to see. But anyway, Jeff Duncan from Nola.com of the Times speaking. We'll see you next week, my friend. Thank you, Ricky. Talk to you soon, buddy. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you on Monday. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.